0: Welcome to Project Chatter, the podcast where PPM experts from various sectors talk about the latest trends. Listen to Val and Dale as they talk about tried and tested best practices and share their unfiltered thoughts about the industry. Whether you're here to learn how to progress your career, improve your project control skills, or just want to hear an Aussie and South African rant about projects, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Project Chatter podcast with your hosts, Dale Fung, and Val
1: Matthews. This podcast is brought to you by Innate. We hear it from our podcast guests frequently. Today's capital projects require the highest degree of visibility. That's why we at the Project Chatter podcast want to tell you about construction project management software from Innate. It's software that integrates every aspect of your project and puts you in
0: control. Innate's cloud-based solutions provide a connected data flow that improves efficiency
1: and guides better outcomes across the entire project lifecycle. See what Innate software can do for your next construction project. Learn more at innate.com. That's I-N-E-I-G-H-T dot com. This podcast is brought to you by Plan Academy.
0: Is your company proactive when it comes to scheduling? Many companies believe project schedules are just the requirements of the contract, but companies looking to gain an advantage strategically manage their project timeline, resources, and budget.
1: Plan Academy helps construction companies improve their project controls through immersive online training courses. At Plan Academy, your team can learn construction, planning and scheduling theory, how to master scheduling software like Primavera P6, and even advanced scheduling techniques. Plan Academy's courses
0: are 100% online and can save your company thousands when compared to costly in-person training. Visit planacademy.com forward slash chatter to download course outlines and talk to a training specialist now. Project Chatter is sponsored by JustDo.com. JustDo.com is a cutting-edge next-gen project management portfolio platform which doesn't force you into a project structure or hierarchy. Think of it as the Minecraft of project management systems with integrated task-based chat, Gantt, Kanban, and much more. It's the only 21st century real-time
1: platform available today. In this episode, we speak to Ines Lopez about this spiritual project manager. Ines fell in love with project management at university, which is amazing. So much so that after her engineering degree, she completed a master's in strategic project management. She spent nine years working at Transport for London, leading complex, high-profile highways and sustainability projects, such as the Ultra Low Emission Zone, to improve air quality in London, and the program to help TFL become zero carbon by 2030. Amazing.
0: Awesome stuff. During that time, she also went through an awakening of sorts, embarking on a spiritual holistic journey to be able to heal her body. As a result, she felt in the middle of two worlds on one side, a structured work life guided by analysis and organizational skills. On the other side, an intuitive personal life looking into the energy behind everything to continue with her personal growth. Now, we definitely went all over the shop in a really good way with this Mm -hmm. topic, I don't even know where to begin.
1: Ah, oh, look, it uh, it it grew arms and legs, but which we we know it would because of the the topic title, which I think is also really relevant, given uh, where everyone is after the pandemic or during even still for some countries. And her ability to understand gratitude, attitude, positive forces. We talked about being more in touch and connected. Uh, we we really went all over, and it wasn't the religious aspect of spirituality. Just to be clear, it was more about inner workings and shadow work, which. Innis really explained well, I thought.
0: Yeah, totally, totally agree. My, one of my favorite quotes from her is uh, work should be a extension of our life, not our life. Mm. So when we're talking about bringing to, you know, your work, you have your work persona and your home persona, actually, it's like, no, 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 it should be an extension of your life, but not your life, which is great. And the whole discussion around fixed mentality versus growth mentality was quite interesting as well and as you say the bits that she weaved in around meditation and things like that but folks all we can say is keep listening keep liking and keep paying it forward
1: hello project people welcome back to a brand new episode of the project chatter podcast it's always great to have you with us and whilst we don't have martin with us today we do have Mr. Dale Fung from London. Hey, Dale, do you recognize this hoodie? This is one of the first merch we ever did. I don't know if you can see that. It says Raw on there. We had Raw and Formal and Informative, and we all bought these little hoodies. But I found this somewhere in the house, and I thought I'd put this back on just for some nostalgia reasons. Do you still have yours? I still have mine. I think I have the informal
0: because That's we fine. said you were Raw. I was very informal, being South African, and n- none of us were informative. The guest was informative, so um, yeah, I remember that. That mm. takes us back. Wow, but I, I think mm. we've, I think we've stayed true to it. I think we stayed, raw, informal, and informative. But um, yeah, I'm yeah. liking that you're getting the merch
1: out. Um, I yeah, maybe not today. Yeah, even my mug, even my coffee mug today has got uh, Project Chatter. So I merged up today. Maybe we can get Enisa uh, a hoodie. You know, mm. get her into the group. Uh, but let's let's get our guest in here ines lopez it's a pleasure to have you all the way from mexico how are you today
2: i'm good thank you nice to meet you guys
1: nice to meet you and we look before we press record we were already getting stuck into this conversation and what a great title and as you said before we pressed um press the button you you know that um this word spiritual has different meanings for different people and i think maybe that's where we should start but before we even get to that um maybe we can talk about your background how did you Get into project management. Where did it start for you?
2: Um, so it was love at first sight at the university, right? So it's really wow. funny. I was studying, well, I am an IT engineer, and mm-hmm. on my third year, I think it was, I had a course on project management about PM Bulk, and my teacher was really good. And I realized that's what I wanted to do because I wanted to be in different projects and with different topics and, you know, uh, change. It. I learned more and more. And so when I finished university, I got a kind of a job around that, around doing that. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, no, I want to leave Spain. So I did a master's on project management in Edinburgh. And then I was applying for a project management jobs and I got in, I was lucky enough that I got into TFL a project management graduate program and they mm-hmm. called me on the 24th of December I always say that it was one of the first Christmas gifts ever <laughs> <laughs> so I spent there a lot of time I, I was there since from 2011 I did uh, I stint on the games as well I was silver command of the travel ambassadors that was really cool and I left in 2020 I was in different uh, units. So I worked a lot in highways. Um, mm-hmm. So I was the project manager, project manager for a uh, voxel directory. Well, project sponsor, but for those that, you know, it's kind of similar, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, different, but similar. Um, so yeah, I was sponsoring voxel directory, which was for 50 million pounds. I also sponsor highway, a hybrid corner, directory removal. Then I moved on to their quality, the air quality team and I sponsored the ultra low emissions zone. I Mm -hmm. did the business case for that, which was the first ever business case for TFL on air quality. Um, So, yeah, that was was a really interesting uh, experience. And then I moved on to the energy and carbon team. And I was the sponsor for the energy program to make TFL zero carbon. So that was... Yeah, I I really loved it because I was able to move through different things. And I always had this passion about uh, green and sustainability. So when the theme about Mm -hmm. equality came up, I'm like, yeah, I'm going there, I'm going there. (laughs) And then for carbon as well. Um, And I'm very fond of my years in TFL. I work with really amazing people and I learn a lot.
1: That's amazing. Um, you, You might be one of our first guests or one of our very few guests that kind of knew straight out of the gate, you know, at a university level, hey, I'm going to get project managements for me. You know, this is, this is what I want to do with myself. What was, it, what was it exactly? Can you remember why project management spoke to you so deeply as opposed to other vocations?
2: So I think it was the idea of organizing and analyzing. I've mm. always been a bit of a control freak in a way. And I understand now because <laughs> of my inner journey and my spiritual <laughs> journey why this is coming about, right? Mm. But the idea of being in charge and thinking about how I solve this problem and this problem, because that was what I was doing uh, in my life as well. Or if I had a conversation with a friend, I would always try to find a solution. So when I found out that there was a way of doing that in projects, plus the idea of I I am very curious, I like to learn about different industries and different things. So the idea of a project, right? like you can do a project in one thing and then in another thing. Mine Mm -hmm. as well, that I'm... I'm a little bit of a rebel. Like in Spain, uh, you only get to work on what you have your degree on.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: There is something like, I studied IT engineering, so I was supposed to only work on IT projects. And out of the university for a, about a year and a half, I was doing consultancy on IT and I, there was a little bit of project management in there, but I didn't want to stay on IT. So everyone started calling me crazy because what I wanted in Spain was not normal. And I'm like, well, I want to leave Spain anyway right? So it's this idea of being able to, um, yeah, experience different industries, which I managed to do actually.
1: Um, Mm. No, that's great. I think that's, um, you know, actually come to think of it, I think that's why Dale and I ended up in project controls as well. That organization part, control, um, the people element was fantastic and the curiosity part, like why, why? There's a big question around why that doesn't get asked. As you said, I think there is a there is still a culture of if I'm an engineer then I'm just an engineer if I'm if I'm you know doing something else I'm just that role but but there's an expansion role within PM that lets you kind of float between various different things I mean your career sounds fantastic you've done all some some amazing things that uh, that are still relevant today and I I really have appreciate you being on the show now we've always started this show with baselining definitions because we found that even our own interpretations of things that are said on the show can be, can be misinterpreted. So what does spiritual project management mean to you? Mm-hmm.
2: So for me, it's the idea or the concept that mm-hmm. a project can deliver and should deliver growth for a business, but should also deliver personal growth. And what I mean by personal growth is being able to provide a safe space so that when someone in the team gets a trigger, for whatever reason, we can investigate it. We can get to the root cause of it, and we can get, a, we can support that person to shift that energy because that is energy that is inside that is not serving, right? So rather than getting triggered because we had an argument with a colleague, we go within and we go, trace it back to okay, but this means I don't know when I was a kid I was not listened to by my parents, and therefore if I'm now in a meeting and someone cuts me, you know when I'm talking, I get really triggered. And it's not necessarily, that is not a good behavior to have, right? Like for someone doing that, but it's not mm. necessarily about that person doing that. To me, it's more that I have that program inside of me that makes me get triggered. So it's how I yeah, can work with those things.
1: That's a, that's a really good point. I think then, you know, projects are an environment where there's a lot of pressure to perform. And mm. there's a lot of heroic efforts where I think a lot of projects the work does not get done between the time of nine to five. It gets done after work, after school, after weekends. And
2: Absolutely. I
1: think that there is a bit of energy shifting that's required. Um, from your perspective though, whose role would that be? Is it, they do it themselves? Is it somewhat that's coordinated by HR? Is there a chief hard officer, which is a popularized term these days? Is it, is it just the project manager?
2: To me, the project manager has to have an awareness and, and create that space because it is him, the one or her, the one that is mm. leading the team, right? But mm. at the same time, the organization, the company has to have some basis and some standards as well. It cannot only rely on the project managers. You cannot leave the project manager. Off you go. Now, not only you are taking care of business goals, but you are also taking care of personal growth. That's, that wouldn't be fair to them, right? So... Mm to me it's a new way of doing projects and a new way of doing business that kind of aligns with what we are seeing right like well-being is forefront right now on on companies on human resources and so not only because of the situation that we have with with COVID and so on but because it was about time like we are not supposed to be little numbers that just go there you know like uh, like automates robots and we are supposed to Uh, Forget everything that is wrong with us and and in our life when we enter and super perform and expect it to be, you know, one thousand percent. We are humans, so I think there has to be a rethink or a reshuffle on how we combine everything. The fact that we are humans, we are we are not robots.
1: Yeah, because you're you're not talking about spirituality from a a religious perspective. You're really talking about um, the humanizing element, um, the inner work piece of of development of people on projects and that the spiritual project manager, she's a really catchy title. I actually like it really a lot. And I think there is a massive space that's been ignored. I think as well, COVID probably had uh, a bigger impact on mental health than anything we've ever experienced previously, even technology. I think, you know, COVID, particularly in Australia, I don't know how the rest of the world was as strict as we were, but I was in probably one of the most locked down Western cities in the world. And, I think that really did play a role in, uh, I don't know what you call it, um, shutting down some, some emotions that people were suffering from. And it's, it's probably pushed things down even deeper, if I can say that. And so how do we, and I'm, I know Dale's going to jump in soon, but how do we then, how do we install this? How do we get this out there? What, what have you been doing to kind of enable this on projects that you've been working on?
2: Yeah, so since I left TFL, I've worked with with like two companies. One was um is a startup of uh, transformational coaches. Mm-hmm. So what we were doing there, well, they deliver courses, and I helped them organize themselves, and you know because they needed that structure that a PM I can provide. But at the same time, when there were team meetings, when there were things that were showing up, we would create a space to explore it rather than. To tell them, oh no, you just get over it, and you know, don't be, don't be childish or or whatsoever. Um, so we basically did a lot of sometimes one to one or sometimes in group to uncover what was going on underneath, so that they could understand that it is not about that person saying something to me. There is a fifty percent of my energy, and that's why I like what you say about the spirituality. For me, is the inner work, shadow work. You know, is that level that deeper level beyond emotional awareness, like emotional awareness is more about, I am aware that I'm getting angry right now. Cool, awesome. Mm. You are aware, but you don't need to stay just aware of the anger. You know, there is something that you can do so that you can release the anger. And when I came to Mexico, they were uh, starting to organize a TEDx event in Playa del Carmen. So I volunteered as the project manager. I also had it in my list. So that was pretty, you know... um, synchronized, uh, to be honest. And I was talking to the girl that had the vision and I was like, listen, I am a project manager, but the reason why I left TFL is because I want to do project management in, in a different way, in a way, like more spirituality and so on. And she was totally on board. So we, for example, had workshops. So we had a workshop where we invited everyone and we gave them a little bit of theory about um, conflict. So The idea of a trigger, that the idea of the 50% so that they could understand because this is not something that you are taught in school, right? Like you, you cannot mm. need to learn it on your own. Uh, so we did that. And then and, um, we did as well exercises like self-awareness exercises, answering questions so that they could uncover the root of them. Then we helped them with meditations to release that energy. We did another one on fear as the event was approaching because a lot of people were mm. having stuff coming up, which is normal, right? Like it's a lot. A lot of pressure like in any project and you are delivering quickly and so on so yeah, yeah it's, to me it's those workshops is creating that space providing knowledge but also support and most of all allowing people to be a little bit themselves right there is there has to be a safe space for them to say i'm triggered right now and it's not about you or the other person or the other one don't take it personal i'm just triggered so let's let's go into it let's be responsible and, and look within
1: Yeah, no, I think these are great points. And I love the idea of inner work or shadow work um, beyond emotional awareness because just knowing that you're upset or you're disappointed or you're angry doesn't fix the problem. Um, You've really got to unpack. uh, And this is my business psychology coming up. But if you really got to unpack where it came from, the root cause you mentioned, maybe something happened to you in your childhood. You know, maybe it's the road rage effect where it's a compound of the same situations over time and you just snap. Uh, maybe you just got you know some really difficult people to deal with, and you haven't been set or provided the tools to deal or cope with those types of situations. There's a whole bunch of work around this, and it's it's surprising how often this doesn't get talked about, which is the other thing. Um, but just playing devil's advocate, because I think on the wider side, there's a there's a theory that too much work um, negates the the productivity of the team. If you talk about the sensitivity ratio of triggers because arguably, and I, I think this is more talking to the the listeners in the younger generations, some people are triggered by just, you know, getting up in the morning yeah. and uh, having to go into yeah. work, you know, they've got kind of these fine line hair triggers that to be honest, you know, kind of combats or is counterproductive. And the counter argument is around resilience. Cause I think we've had some, some podcast guests on talking about grit, you know, and, and how sometimes you have to just push through. so how do we balance the two because we want people who are resilient that have that grit that can push on and persevere in in the face of adversity. but we also want to be conscious of that that inner work, that ability to develop them positively on the project. Do you have any ideas of how we would how would we do that?
2: Yeah that's a very interesting point. I'm very true right because um, yeah so I totally agree. I think, for me is whether that triggered that situation, whether it comes from an empowered place or whether it comes mm. from a victim place. So is it That's like, it. oh, am I, I'm feeling like I don't want to work today. Yeah, kudos, uh, where is that coming from? <laughs> is, it, is it like uh, a wishy-washy thing because you don't feel like it or there is something deeply underneath that is troubling you today? Because if we, if we think the way that I see life now is that everything happens for me, not to me, right? So if I get triggered, the first thing that I do is look within and I explore it. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes you understand what is going on. You understand the memory that is picking up. You understand that the pattern and you have to say, I'm aware of this. I've done as much as I can and now I'm going to crack on because maybe this program is not going to go overnight, right?
3: Mm. So
2: it is, it is that thing of not letting the inner work being the excuse to say whatever because it might be that is your inner child or you're, you know, a part of your, yourself that is like, oh, I don't fancy this, but the, you know, victim type of style. It's not that I have a strong trigger or reason for it. So it's just yeah. finding that. To me, that's the balance, where that person is coming from.
1: Ines, that's, I think you hit it for me. It just cracked for me. You're 100% right. If you're in the empowerment zone, if you are at the cause end of the cause and effect ratio, then you can do inner work. But if you are in the effect zone, as in everything happens to me, why me? Um, Then I don't think you're in a position to really work on yourself. You're actually in a a different zone. You probably have to unpack a few things first. Um, Actually, that makes a lot of sense as well from a resilience perspective too, because if you know that, well, you decided to be in that role, you decided to be on that project, you decided to have that vocation, you can change any of that because that is your responsibility to live the life that you want to live, you remember you said you didn't want to be an IT engineer, so you left Spain. Um, by the yeah. way, wishy washy is such a Spanish thing to say. <laughs> I got, a lot of, I got <laughs> yeah, a lot of Spanish friends. Uh, even my have, a, have says that she's she says wishy washy. It's a very strange thing to say, but it's lovely. Um, oh, very endearing. <laughs> so I think I think you're uh, you're really hopefully cracking open some some brains who are listening to this and they're thinking about it prospectively and even looking back and saying, well, in some of these situations, was I at the effect? you know, cause hindsight is such a gift or was I at the cause? Was I causing this? And I think if you, if you lean towards the cause, you have more ability to change your results in your environment than you do if you are a victim. And I think it's a really good point. Dale, I'll, I'll kick it over to you. Cause you've been waiting patiently there.
0: Oh, I love it. As, as you say, it's, it's a privilege to, you know, listen in as the first listener to the conversation and I love it. And I guess in a, when you were talking there, one of the things I was thinking around was, you know, something that we use in South Africa a lot is the Afrikaans for, word for spirit, which is here. And it's often used with sports teams or individuals. It's like, where's your here's show us some here's, you know, show mm. us your spirit. Where's your spirit, you know, come on. Like, like it's, it's sort of like pull yourself or yourselves together. Let's, let's get on it. And, and, when Val was saying it's almost counter to, to argue that, well, where's the grit? I think it's not, I think it's complementary because Mm -hmm. if you do work on your inner self, you gain the grit. Right. Um, And the great thing is you mentioned their energy as well. um, Because that's, again, we, we don't talk about these things enough. Right projects are boring we talk about time cost and quality what's the scope what's the benefits you know what are the methodologies what's the software out there but actually people are at the heart of it right Mm -hmm. and whether you are religious or not there's definitely times where you go "Jeez, i've got low energy or geez i've got high energy today and that depends on a lot of different factors because we are complex people are complex in general um you also mentioned a little bit around the workshops you did and things like that around, you know, mindfulness and meditation and things like that. And Val and I certainly, you know, subscribe to that as one. And I I don't think I'm as regular as I used to be before, but definitely mindfulness has, has helped personally. And if nothing else I take away from it is that presenteeism. So as you say, you could have woken up and a few different things have gone wrong. And now you get into this project environment and one thing snaps you. But if you have the ability that you have to practice and attain to be present in that moment, you don't necessarily let all the other noise, let's call it, affect you because you're present in that single moment. And that takes practice. Not everyone can. I, I, I couldn't do it. Sometimes I still can't do it. But I found through mindfulness, you get used to being present in that moment. So, so someone could be really, really let's say, adversarial towards you. But because you're present in that moment, and you're realizing that it might not be you, right, you can react in a way that actually calms the situation down. You know, and go, okay, well, let's actually look at the facts or you can, you you know, you can, you you pick up ways to kind of turn it into something actually uh, constructive. So, I'm just gathering my thoughts from from everything that you you two have discussed. I'll pause there to see I see you want to comment.
2: Well, no, I I, I totally agree. And I think as well, something that is really interesting and I've come across when I've done some of these workshops is that one one person would say, but this person was rude. Uh, Are you just justifying someone being rude? And I'm like, no, that's Mm. not right. Right, and uh, but there is there is a fifty percent in a, in every conversation, in every interaction, there is fifty percent of your energy, and there is fifty percent of that other person energy. Someone can be absolutely rude to you, but it, but you might not have any energy that gets triggered with that, and you don't mind as much. You just look at them and they and you say, hmm, you need some inner work <laughs> yourself. Or, but, but I'm okay, right? Like you don't get annoyed, you don't you don't get, you don't get angry, and so on. Mm. The moment that someone rude or not makes you feel angry, makes you feel uneasy, makes you feel unconfident, then is when I say there's some gold, gold in there for you. Because mm-hmm. the truth is as well, every time that I've done it, that I've explored, I always find more peace. I always find more confidence within myself and, and that lightness, right? So it is almost being able to see those situations, though difficult and they can be painful, that when we are acting responsibly and with empoweredness, we are empowering ourselves, we can then feel lighter and you know, be, be better. They are a gift. Uh, that's why uh, spirituality also comes into thinking, well, this is about uh, seeing life from a different point of view. Understanding the duality, that sometimes we have to go through shit. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that way we, are, we take advantage of the light more. We value light more. And, and actually that both the dark and the light are part of the experience and they can flip in one given moment. So that mindfulness, that being present, you, you can realize that everything moves. Now I'm experiencing something that is low vibration. Okay, I'll go into it. But tomorrow I can experience the opposite, you know, and, take, and, and, and enjoy it even more. So it's everything passes sort of thing, which sometimes it helps when you're in a very dark, in a very dark situation, in a very difficult place, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. One, I just want to share one of the um, most awesome sayings I, I saw recently on LinkedIn was, "I never knew how strong I was until I had to forgive someone who wasn't sorry." Yeah, and accept an apology I never received. Yeah, well, you know? Mm. If you just pause to think about that, um, so absolutely. Let Let's let's move on slightly because I want I'm interested now. You've done a lot of work with people evidently right workshops one-on-ones are there common things that you can share with the listeners that people have said uh, help them um, techniques triggers to look out for tips you know tricks mm-hmm. anything that you can see that that's a, a common trait that you use you, you see speaking to various people and what what you actually do to help
2: okay. So the first one that is coming to mind, I think it might be relevant to a few of us in the profession. Uh, Certainly it was for me. So one of the reasons why I like project management is that control aspect, even the leadership aspect. I like to be in charge type of thing. And when I started looking into, because sometimes you're in projects and things go south and it's not even for, for, for fault of your own, right? I remember working in one of my projects in TFL the local authority was doing some things and stuff. And it was beyond, I could I, I could tell them all the information, I could praise them as much as I, you know, all the communication and management skills that I could have, but still, it was bound to happen, right? And that made, made me really stressed. And I was like, well, wh- wh- what is this, what is this? And I then realized, for example, that a lot of the times, my need for control or my wanting control, and I've seen this in, in other people as well, was based on me not feeling safe as a kid and no fault of my parents at all my parents were lovely and this is again I want to demystify the idea that when we have some uh, dense memory uh, from a childhood it's because a parent was abusive not necessarily you can have an, an, an absolutely loving uh, upbringing and I still interiorize things in a particular way depending on how you are wired depending on on how sensitive you are. And so because I felt unsafe uh, during my childhood, I wanted to control everything. That's why I always make up scenarios and blah, blah, blah. So when I started looking within and and going back in my head to those moments in my childhood and almost allowing that pain to come up because to me, our subconscious, our shallow, they are just black boxes that are sitting be- behind deep inside. And we just have to open them. We just have to be brave enough. And I also realized that we are not going to break, that it's going to be okay. And so I went to those memories, I, that's, that facilitating that space where you can almost re- revive them, but knowing that you are safe and allowing that emotion to come up. And that's how you diffuse that box. And that's how you start realizing that was part of the experience and that's okay. And then obviously I can go super hippie and tell you, you know, connect with Mother Earth uh, because Mother Earth is a lot about safety and trust and stuff like that. So being in the forest helps a lot, for example. Or if a person is a lot about the sea, being by the water, do you know what I mean? Like bringing yeah. that external environment to as well help you with that energy.
0: Yeah, that's no, interesting. I was chatting to someone the other day and they were talking about earthing. And I was like, what yeah. do you mean earthing? Yeah. They said, no, no, it's it's a thing. You, you go mm. and yeah. you that's literally right. go barefoot, <laughs> and you stand on bare ground, and you release all the the, the charge and the static from your body into the ground. And I was like, wow, yeah. that, that's really interesting. Because in South Africa, we were barefoot all the time, you know, yeah. and you walk around all the time, but you don't think about that, that okay, you're actually connecting with the earth. And that that's a, obviously, you know, very, very along the lines of what we're talking about today. Um,
2: if I, and, if I can if I can yeah. add, sorry actually it is those native cultures that still have that aspect that can have that relationship with their inner energy and with the environment in a more profound way the fact that we have um, source and all that is, is blocking us because we are an electromagnetic field and so yeah it, it makes perfect sense
0: yeah I mean maybe on site we would have health and safety concerns yeah. but you know, imagine, imagine that. <laughs> yeah, imagine we had, you know, you're working from home these days. Go outside to your garden, you know, go barefoot, oh. go, go step in, in the garden, those of you that uh, you know, are working from home. But no, it's 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 fascinating. And I'll give a shout out to Dave Feltman because he was the one I had the conversation with. Um I I wonder then, you, you've got your own personal story and you know, you you opening to you've shared a little bit there. What was I mean, you you reading your your bio. You, you really sort of just pivoted to go and, you know, look internally and you almost okay. kind of thought you're going to leave project management behind, right?
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: Could you share what that moment was for you to do that? And then as you go along the story, as you say, you, you've kind of combined the two again and what that combination means to you now and perhaps where you wanted to go.
2: Right. So basically saying a little bit about my bio, right? Like the key, bits um so yeah soon after i i got the job that i thought it was the job of my life uh, because i was project management graduate for tfl i started in 2011 in 2012 i got sick um i had a fistula i'm not going to explain it to you guys you can look it up (laughs) it's not pleasant (laughs) not pleasant uh my team were amazing and i'm so thankful that i landed with them in that situation because they gave me the space that i needed i had to be or Of work for a long time with a lot of surgeries and so on, and doctor said I was not never going to heal, and so I had to take matters in my own hands, and I started looking into holistic medicine. So I started looking into meditation, yoga, the food, you know, all of that, and within six months I healed, which was awesome. Wow! So the the thing is, from that moment on, I started obviously changing my mindset.
1: Project Shadow is sponsored by ProSci. Why are some projects more successful than others? Even the best solutions fall short when we fail to support the people who must use them in their daily work.
0: Change is not an event, it's a journey. Change management is about helping people through their journeys and breaking down barriers so projects can achieve successful outcomes.
1: As the globally recognized leader in change management solutions, ProSci has helped thousands of organizations improve project ROI and build change ready cultures. Want to learn how change management works? Visit prosci.com forward
0: slash project chatter to get your free change management for project managers resource kit.
2: And I was aware of, you know, when I was uh, having a stress or whatever at work, I would deal with it differently, right? I would do yoga nidra, I would meditate, you know, I knew my tools. And then in 2018, I fell sick again. This was different. This was Hashimoto, which is autoimmune hypothyroid. So I was wiped out a couple of days. I couldn't get out of bed. And I'm like, whoa, hold on. So I had to go deeper. And I, by then, I kind of knew that I could heal myself, right? Because uh, we all can. It's just about, you know, get, get on it in a way. and finding the tools that work for us. And so as I was doing that, I realized I, I went really deep into inner work. I went into self-awareness pretty, pretty strongly and covering some of these programs about safety and about trust that I was mentioning. And then I was like, wow, I'm, I'm helping myself so much. I wish I could, when I was seeing in my team, people are struggling, I kind of wish that I could help them as well. And if they were friends and I was close with them, I would tell them or I would do a session with them or whatever. But obviously, I was within the umbrella of TFL. And so, it is not possible to introduce something that is so radically different with the human resources parameters, right? It, would, it didn't feel right. And so, I'm like, well, I want to work on energy because by then I was really into elemental energy, fire, blah, 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 spirituality. So, that's why I, I left. For me, it was lockdown. During lockdown, I got for law and I was doing what I wanted without having to worry about anything, right? And I was doing a lot of energy work and painting and stuff. And by the time they asked me to come back, I'm like, mm, I can't come back, I'm sorry. Um, so I, I then I got an opportunity to join this uh, team that I told you about transformational coaches that they needed a PM. And I started doing PM, the PM role in my way, which meant adding the spirituality aspect, adding all the hippie stuff onto it. Then I did for the TEDx guys, and then is when I realized, hold on, it's it's the merge of the two things. It's almost like everything has led me to have the perspective of the business and company and structure, but then adding the hippiness, um, the spirituality aspect, the shadow work, and I don't know, it just feels right. It feels like it's where, in a way, society is going, right? Like if you read Harvard Business Review, it's talking about wellness becoming one of the massive things coming up. Uh, gallup has a lot of stats as well about the importance of mental well-being and wellness for workers and productivity right so mm-hmm. to me this is a great way of achieving that sorry long answer but
1: no it's your answer there's no time limit <laughs> yeah we've as we said we will dance around any subject you would like in us uh and it is great that you mentioned that and, and just on that the previous conversation um around you know quotes of of interest. I think there is something around gratitude and attitude as well. Um, I read a lot with um, Earl Nightingale. And if you know, um, he has a great voice, by the way, if you want to listen to his audiobooks for anyone who's interested, but I felt like a, when you come from a place of gratitude, somehow that fills your cup up and you have a different perspective on life. Uh, so if you wake up and you say, geez, it's great, you know, and you count the things that you have rather than counting the things that you don't have, You should never discount your life, even if it's difficult. And I think that's a center of power that gives you some of that resilience, some of that fire in the belly, some of that spirit that we were talking about earlier. And I hope for those that are struggling and listening to this, they're inspired by you and your message to work on themselves and not push it further down. I mean, I think there's a lot uh, to talk about around self-healing. My my wife would love this because she's a naturopath and she's very spiritual and uh, she does a lot of that um, that healing, and I think a lot of human, I think a lot of physical disease is re- directly connected to emotional yeah, yeah. oppression. Um, I personally have experienced a lot of that. I've seen a lot of that with friends who have gotten very sick very quickly, physically, because of emotional and mental impacts, which they would r- refuse to work with. And and so there is something about that. So if you're ignoring it and you're listening to this, don't please go help yourself, get some support and um, talk to people that work. Some other points that I think would really be interesting as well on projects is um, we don't open up enough, I think. And I wanted to talk about trust with you because I think having um, safety on projects has to start from somewhere and you don't want to let people into your inner world often, right? We, we tend to be guarded because we've had experiences in the past, right? Where, it's been betrayed, uh, we've, been, um, we've been vulnerable and, and that's been exposed or exploited. And I think then we become insular. And in the world of business, it's always kind of been separate, you know, kind of I'm going back to, I'm getting old now, but you know, 10, 20 years ago that that you, know, you wouldn't talk about your feelings. You wouldn't, you know, if you're having a bad day, that's your problem, but you come to work and we're paying you to be a project manager or whatever it's gonna be. And you put that hat on um, and then you come home and you're literally exhausted. Because you've been carrying around not only the responsibilities of the role that you're in, but the emotional baggage that either was affected by that day or previous days or is compounded by lots of experiences. And I think we're missing that deeper connection with people, particularly maybe because we're more remote now. Uh, I I don't think it's gone. I just think we need to re-plug in. Maybe it's connecting back to the earth and recharging. Maybe it's actually having more meaningful and deeper conversations. And I think the other bit, which is interesting, I'd love to get your opinion on this, is what they're calling the great resignation, what I'm calling is just people looking for deeper meaning and purpose. They've reassessed their lives. They've had the ability to have introspective forced upon them by isolating during COVID. And now they're like, wait a second, you're telling me I get up every day and i got to listen to this person, absolutely not aligned with any of my values. And I could be doing this thing over here, which I've kind of wanted to do all my life, but I've never really had the courage or whatever it is energy or the reason to and they're starting to move in alignment with their values now i think that's a great thing because i believe as you as you picked in university pms for you you really got to figure out what it is that you're meant to be here on the earth to do because life is short um what's your view on that and and uh, any of the things i just mentioned
2: yeah and i i i'm really happy you bring that up because there is, there is this situation that most of us have faced where we enter the office and we are supposed to be in office mode, right? Mm. And, and to me, it is that ability to maybe change our perception of, of, of the office and our team in the office. So rather than having the two lives, because sometimes we are a little bit Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And I understand that, right? There, there, is, there is valid reasons for it. There's a lot of stuff that might have happened to us with trust and, and so on. But also seeing the work as an opportunity to help us develop ourselves further, right? So that when we are in a job, it is not about improving my skills as a communicator, for example, technical skills, right? Whatever your role is, whether it's marketing, engineering, you know, uh, PM, but those people that are in your team, they are also like your companions for your personal, personal journey so if we are able and that's how i started seeing it every time that i'm working with someone it is not that this is my work colleague and then i have my friend and stuff like that It's like my work colleague potentially can also have some spiritual agreements with me to trigger me so that i can heal so it's, it's removing that fear from the triggers mm. and seeing people in a different way and in that way you end my view or my aspiration would be that we are able to see work as an extension of our life, not our life, but as a part that help us with our personal growth. because that great resignation, younger generations uh, that want that purpose. and certainly I'm the one that follows that path as well. I've moved a lot <laughs> um, because I, I followed my heart and I think I'm hoping that society allows a space for everyone to be able to do that, right? Um, because there are many considerations when, when you're aiming to do that. But it is that ability to see like, like a positive rather than an imposition and to link the two up so that is helping you in your personal journey. Does that make sense?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. You, you actually touched on another point, which I think is imp- important as well. When you do self-work or when you're trying to be an effective person in your role, How do you stay positive? Because my view is uh, it's a downhill slope. So negativity breeds negativity. And I believe that it's easier and maybe it's the way the mind is constructed, but it is easier to negate the positive. It's easier to be negative. It's an easy thing to do. It's easy to criticize people. I mean, we do it when we have live TV shows. Everyone's bloody watching maths. You know, people love to critique other people, judge other people, pull down other people um, that's not really a spiritual journey. And I'm I'm wondering other tools and techniques in us for maintaining positivity, even when your own inner work isn't quite where you need it to be uh, without being fake or, you know, disingenuous. You don't want to be just positive for the sake of being positive. But I think that there's a, there's a story around or a, a mantra around trying to find the light in every situation. How do you, how do you do that?
2: Yeah, there is that balance, right? Like it's not about looking only at the rainbows or seeing everything like like a rainbow. Because if there is crap underneath, you kind of need to work through that to really see the rainbow. Uh, But I'm totally with you. Like being able to stay grateful uh, is definitely one is a positive thing to do. Um, So what I would say, or one some of the tools that you can do, obviously, is. I think, and this is coming as well from my own experience, Um, I used to think a lot about the negatives or even, for example, if I had a vision and I had a dream, I would focus a lot on the gap, like the gap that I'm not having, right? So if my ideal life was uh, living abroad and doing this and this and this, but I I was doing five of the things, but still not one of them, I would focus on the one, which is focusing on the negative, right? Mm. And I think I've learned and I found a lot of relief into looking at the other four and and seeing it like like a journey. Rather than saying, okay, so I have this vision and it has to be all perfect right now. Well, this is a journey. There are stages as well. And from my vision, from my perfect life, I already have X, Y, Z. How awesome I am, right? How awesome am I that I already have this? Let me put some plans in place with intention and with some thinking, uh, focus intention and action so that I can work on the stuff that is not there. Because as well, I think it's important to have intention and action and courageous action, not just saying, okay, I not that is my case, right? But I wanna buy a car, um, but I don't have money. Well, okay, how are you going to find a solution to that? Not just focusing on, I don't have the car or I don't have the car that I want. That to me, I
3: actually, yeah.
2: Sorry, no, I was just going to say that to me, focusing on on what you have and then having a plan and an intention and, a, and you know, even write it down and with a schedule and so on, so that you can then motivate yourself, right? Like you do one of the actions. It takes will, but then you need to work on, you know, on that if, if you are finding that resistance, but mm-hmm. then you can always feel that you are moving forward.
1: Yeah, 100% agree with everything you just said and you know like everything else in this planet it is you know money is energy too i i I truly believe that it it flows to those that shine the brightest uh and it it is a long game i I read a book that i still i still look back and flick through pages around the infinite game i think there's something around patience as well so you know reward comes through um, through a process and it's not necessarily something that you'll get tomorrow and I, i think with the the, the live streaming generation we have today, they, they kind of want to jump from graduate to senior director managing everything, which, you know, to be to be fair, they probably could do a pretty good job. And a lot of the, a lot of the fronts uh, from my experience, but, but still you're missing that really important and crucial element of failures, battle scars, uh, conflict, um, just falling over and smashing your face and then getting back up again. And I I always draw inspiration from martial arts because I've always had martial arts in my life and I've I've always been fascinated by that element of discipline that they have. And you know, you could study a craft, but you're not going to get your belt grade until you are ready, if it's a good, if it's a good gym, right? But if if you if you really dedicate yourself to the craft, then then you get you get the next stage and you get the next stage, but you're only given uh, for good reason, right? You're only given a certain amount of skills. You're only shown a certain amount of styles and methods because that's what you're ready for. And I think life in general, the universe in general does that for us. And we had a similar situation um, the other day in us, we had a whole bunch of things just happen all at once. You know, there was some, some people who passed away. There was some things that happened financially, some things that happened in work and it all kind of crunched down. And my wife was like, what is going on? I said, it's Okay because I've learned that through martial arts, we can do two things in a situation when there's conflict, we can react or we can respond. One is measured with intent, as you perfectly said in this. And the other one is just whatever, whatever happens, happens. And I think through discipline, I've learned that you need to in project management be responsive. And that might mean not necessarily writing that email or, as soon as someone says something you don't like, not necessarily filling the air with your opinion, you know, it's just taking that step back. I've learned this from Dale as well. He's probably far more patient than I am. Um, but I, I think that that element of having intent, centering yourself, you know, these things that all come from martial arts and then responding to the situation in front of you with, with the right skill set, right? Is is a way to to deal with it. Um have you have any similar situations and what, you know, have you had a, a coping mechanism to deal with that react response method?
2: Well, uh, as you were talking, I was thinking a lot about, uh, I can't remember the name of the, This I think it's a psychologist, but this um, her work is based on fixed mentality or growth mentality, right? And it's this idea of um, for, uh, that we all have fixed mentality for some things and growth mentality for other ones fixed mentality mm. is basically when you try something and it doesn't work and you feel you are not good enough you feel that the skills that you have are not good enough and that's it and the growth mentality people are more into the oh let me see how i can improve for the next time i haven't succeeded yet but they are mm. that yet in in there and so I recognize, even as a project manager, when I was having a challenge, and the local authority or the designers or whatever throw me a, a curveball, I always thought that it was my fault. I always thought that I I, I fucked it up. Mm. And and even my managers, bless them, they would say to me, "No, Ines, you did everything that you could. There was no way that you could have done anything else." But it's, it's when you come from this fixed mentality or this you know this basic program of not good enough. And you, and you end up reacting in a way. You react emotionally, or you, you know, you you bring yourself down basically. And then it, I started learning how to move into okay. I've done X, Y, Z. That was around my control, my knowledge, what I could foresee, what it was a best practice. So even doing forgiveness, you know, and acknowledging myself and and being kind to myself. I think uh, sometimes. Well, I would say I'm my worst critic. I don't know about you guys, but I, I, hammer, I used to hammer myself a lot. And mm. actually that does not help. That to me is as well as stuff that I, I've learned to look into and release. So being able to see things from a growth mentality, from, okay, how can I improve for the next time? Uh, and how many you know, people that are super successful say what you said, right? Like it is about the journey, you learn, it's not a mistake it's a learning opportunity so doing a lot of that reframing and and rephrasing so that it's not like you feel stuck and oh my god i'm doomed
1: yeah yeah no agree and um it does remind me again of that infinite game and i my point was that you know you set the plan but then you let the plan set um kind of fizzle away and you just appreciate every day for what it is and the process will naturally come if you've set the right goals, I don't know if it's in a schedule or not, but it, it would be something that you would plan anyway. And I, I agree. I mean, the passion I think I have is the same as yours in around, uh, project management, but my, my, my words were, I would, I love the idea of turning chaos to order. And I wonder where that came from And when I unpacked it, it was like, well, when I was a child, it was chaotic. It was crazy. There was always stuff happening it was very dramatic. And, uh, so when I got older, I was like, well, now that's what I want to do. I want to turn situations. Into control. And I think we, I always said this to Dale, you know, I said uh, everyone who's in project management has some type of emotional damage, you know, they've, something's happened to them to make them want to control things. Uh, And it's actually, it's a really effective sport because project management is the one area that that is rewarded because that's what they want. That's what we need. We need to get things done, built and out the door. Uh, So it's it's a very fascinating passion that we all share, but uh, yeah, Dale, over to you, mate. Thanks. I um I think you
0: bring up a, a really important point in this you know we can sometimes care too much right because in one sense you can go oh people don't care enough they just come in they do their 95 this is my job this is what I do I don't care and 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 that could also be construed as a almost a fixed rather than a growth mindset I'm just coming in doing my 95 I'm going home collect my paycheck whatever but then there's, the other side of the coin where okay well I care too much in your case there it's it's me it's you know I I care so much about making this work that it must be me it must be me and and that's where you got to have a bit of empathy for yourself we always talk about having empathy for others right but what about self-care and self-protection right because it's it's all good and well being a project manager or a lead a leader in a project management environment and creating psych- psychological safety for others. But what about yourself? If you don't, if you, if you can't create it for yourself, then you'll really struggle to create it for others, right? Um, and I just wanted to offer up something different to what yourself and Val was talking about earlier around positivity. For me, it's not so much positivity. For me, it's more about optimism because you can't always be positive in every situation, Right. Because if someone's really down, if someone's really had something serious go on, you can't be positive all the time, but you can be optimistic. And for me, it's around optimism. And I wonder if you had thoughts on that. I don't think it's a positivity versus optimism thing. I think it's just recognizing a situation and what tool, as you say, to use in that situation. Yeah,
2: and I, 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 I totally see your point. And I also feel it's about this duality, right? sometimes it's one of the things that I struggled the most when I started the inner work for myself, the trusting in the process, trusting in the journey. And, and this, this thing that they, that a lot of people in the spiritual world would say of, um, you know, we, we are um, a soul living a human experience and there is the duality. And so when I got a lot of stuff coming up and I work through it and then I see that another layer comes on because this is not like a, a linear process right it's a little bit like an onion and there are layers and then they get all entangled and and you shift through some pattern and and you know and you say oh I'm staying optimistic because I'm, I've, I've moved through these layers. so okay and then two months later you have a trigger that is even bigger than the one that you went through and you're like oh my god what the heck I thought that I had uh, resolved this um, but it gets to the point where you learn the game, right? You learn to your tools, how it's working for you, how, wh- what are those programs you are aware and you don't take it so hard in- to yourself, into yourself, because you see, okay, this is temporary in a way, right? Like I'm, I'm, i in shit right now. Uh, there is this problem coming up, but let's, let's keep optimistic in that regard and say, okay, with a growth mindset, what can I do different? how can I improve? How can I be, and totally agree, kind, kindness to ourselves. Uh, as I said, I'm my worst critic. I think I'm not the only person.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: um, and it's really important because I realized as well, as I have been able to forgive myself and be kinder to myself, I'm also kinder to others. So as you totally said, I totally agree with that. Empathy uh, for us to be able to be more empathic with, with other people, either starts with us. And this is not about, cause some people might say, oh yeah, but so-and-so did something wrong. I cannot be empathic to them. Well, they might have done something wrong, right? They might have missed a deadline. You might even think that they did it on purpose because they are not agreeing with the, your way of doing it and so on. But seriously looking at it as an opportunity why is it hurting you so much that one of your teammates or one of the people that you are responsible for their work are not doing the things that they are supposed to do you feel that perhaps is reflecting bad on you because that is not necessarily the case and so that's an opportunity for you to let go of that control right because I had a lot of that I had a lot of because I needed everything to be perfect when um one of my people in my in my team did something that maybe was not up to a standard or whatever, I took it really like, oh my God, you know, like I'm going to be fired type of thing. And mm. and everyone could see that that was not going to be the case, right? So how can we remain optimistic, remain in a growth mindset and, and be kind and, and see everything as an opportunity to, to release something that is not serving us?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love your onion analogy. Ever since I watched <laughs> Trek... Aye, that stuck with me forever. <laughs> Did you watch Shrek? Back no. in the day? You didn't.
3: I think have, I need to watch
0: it. You have to go and watch Shrek. Shrek, Donkey, is my favorite character in, in that Shrek movie. I watched all of them. I've even got my kids watching it now, which is fantastic. Um <laughs> but we digress. Hey Ines, look, it's been an amazing time chatting to you, but we want to make a little bit of time for the features. So I don't know if you've uh if you know how the features go, but we've got two features. One is called defend the indefensible. And it's a ridiculous statement that you have to defend for 30 seconds. Okay. So in other words, I'm going to read the statement and you have to argue for it. Uh, Okay. So you have to defend the statement. Um, Are you ready? Yeah. Only 30 seconds. So you have to argue for this. Looking internally is a waste of time. We could be using it to deliver the project.
2: Yeah, you know, if I spend all my time looking internally, all I'm going to find is more crap, is more layers and more stuff. It's never going to end. So what's the point? Because it it takes so much time and effort. And when I am looking within, I'm not going to be able to deliver work because, you know, there is this deadline and this other deadline. And if I'm journaling or meditating, that's super counterproductive. I'm not going to be able to send that email or, you know, have that chat or put that person into their deadline. So I really, really think we just, uh, yeah, we just should crack on with it.
3: <laughs> a
2: natural, a yeah. natural,
0: more than 30. Well done. <laughs> Thank you so much for being such a great sport. We have one more for you. It's called yeah. Fiverr. It's just yeah. five quickfire questions. So when you're ready. Yeah. Okay. Question one, steak, seafood, or salad? Seafood. Question two. What are the three must-have behaviors you look for in successful project teams?
2: Collaboration, communication, uh, compassion is coming up.
0: Oh, three Cs. Love it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Question three. What is one piece of advice for people new to the project profession?
2: Manage people the way that you would like to be managed.
0: Love that. Yeah. Agreed. Number four. If you could go back to one moment in your life, what would it be and why?
2: Uh, something's coming up about me when I started uni and maybe choosing a different career.
0: Wow. Yeah.
2: Wow. I would I would have ended up in project management as well, but maybe not through IT, you know.
0: Fair enough. And you'd still be here with the Project Chatter podcast. So there we go. (laughs) It was meant to be. (laughs) Question five. Which superpower would you choose to have for a day and why?
2: Oh flying. (laughs) So that I could see everything and go everywhere.
0: Amazing. I think that's uh is that two we've had in a row, flying Val? Oh
2: yeah.
0: (laughs) I think Tim Creasy said flying as well. yeah. Yeah. He did. So there we go. Flying's a popular choice this time of the year. <laughs> amazing, <laughs> Ines Lopez. It's been amazing to spend the best part of an hour with you. But before we let you go, do you have any final thoughts you want to leave our listeners with?
2: Um, just I guess if there is something that is not making you happy, right? Whether when you are at work, whether in a conversation with a loved one, being aware of it, you know, using emotional intelligence for sure. But that energy doesn't have to stay with you. And a lot of the times uh, we are told that, yeah, this is the way we are and so on. I've changed so much. Like if you've met me (laughs) five years ago, like, oh my gosh, you can't release a lot of the stuff that is uh, preventing you from being who you truly want to be. Because we all have that light within. And it's just layered with programs and limiting beliefs and cultural stuff and all of that. So if there is something in your mind that you have coming up a lot and it's bugging you and it's not making you happy, just find a way. There is a way to release it. You just have to be willing uh, and you know, empower yourself to go and look for a way of doing it because we are meant to be lighting, shining little people. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wow. Thank you. And so, so many lessons in your story today. I, I I'm with you there in terms of me as well. If some people knew me five years ago to how I am today, they'd also say, well, wow, not the same person, but fell over to you. Any final thoughts?
1: No, I agree. In absolute pleasure to have you. I think hopefully we've unlocked some ideas and some introspection for people listening to the podcast. Again, our purpose of doing this in is to pay it forward. And, uh, We appreciate you being on the spiritual journey with us as part of our members in episode 114. Can you believe it? So thank you so much for your time.
2: Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure.
0: It's been our pleasure and privilege. So folks, you've heard it. That's all we have time on this episode. But remember, you can help us pay it forward by sharing a link if you've enjoyed what you've heard on your social media platforms. A Mm -hmm. massive thank you once again to our guest, Ines Lopez, and thank you all for listening. Till next time, we say stay safe, be disruptive, and have fun doing it. From me and Val, it's bye for now.
1: Project Shadow supports and is a member of Zero Construct. Zero Construct is a new working group that wants to lower carbon construction. Not everyone will be aware, but construction contributes to around 12 to 15% of total carbon emissions. This is a staggering amount, and
0: we need to reduce it. We are a growing community of people that want to help make this change. Everyone is welcome, whether you're an engineer, contractor, or consultant. You just need
1: to want to make a difference. Our aim is to grow a network of experts so we can all learn from each other and make a positive impact in the places where we work. We'll do this by sharing knowledge and making it accessible in engaging ways.
0: To join us and find out more, please visit zeroconstruct.com and register as a member. Thank you, and we look forward to speaking with you soon
1: for more information blogs or to support our charities visit projectchatterpodcast.com and if you would like to sponsor the podcast get in touch via our website
0: you can also leave us a voice message via our anchor page and let us know if there's something or someone specific that you would like on the podcast Views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the participating individuals and not necessarily to the individuals, employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. Additionally, any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual.